This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 15th, episode 2556, brought to you today by Kevin. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. You know, Jamie, I played that one because I felt like like I could have used an extra day on the weekend this week. <laughs> Did you have a long, hard week? No, I just Glenn. I wanted an extra day. I could have just had uh, an extra day. I nice. seriously woke up this morning thinking it was Wednesday. <laughs> like I don't know what's right. It's Monday, and I forgot to do first world you problems. Did. I had to cover I, your ass again this morning. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, it's just like it's Wednesday. Cool. Whatever. I don't know. It's a bit, it was a, like a really long weekend. I worked a lot. I did a lot of stuff and, uh, it just seemed, it just seems like it should be Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and currently we are in a bit of a drama here at the house because Chad oh. is home for the entire month of June. So, um, he's are you been ready here for that. To end, by the way? No, I'm not. I think okay. he is. Okay. I think he's ready to leave. <laughs> Um, because he has, he's been like, he can't not do something. He can't not do a project. So currently he's fenced in my entire backyard, which has been great. He did an amazing job building a fence. Who knew that I married a guy who could build fence? I didn't. He mowed the entire 20 acre pasture yesterday. I think he's so bored. He really now needs a break from his wife, doesn't he? Oh, keep, it keeps going. Yesterday he decided he was going to build a tree house. Did you just build a large house or large tree house? Actually, we we have a house. We have two houses on this property. He's decided he needs to build a tree house, so he's got all the wood, and he was like, "Is there cementing. a tree?" Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of trees okay. to choose from, um, but there's like a you know he's got his wheelbarrow and the cement that he did yesterday to put in the posts and everything. And again, it's a twenty acre pasture with grass that is freshly mowed and it's beautiful and. Zeus is currently in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> I just hear Chad down there going, get out of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> and of course, I'm afraid to ask when I say, what's, what's happening? Because I can't go anywhere because we have these stupid you headphones on. Happening. I'm stuck to this thing. <laughs> and of course, I know what's happening. But it could have been Stanley. I don't know. Maybe it was Zara. No, of course, it was Zeus. He's like, if he didn't have a muzzle on right now, everything <laughs> would be broken. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, then I hear him sprint out of the house because uh, apparently Zeus's front legs are in the wheelbarrow <laughs> at the moment outside of wishing. I'm sure he didn't stop to get a picture, but it would have been a great one. He's <laughs> so cute. Uh, uh, we can never get Scooter and Zeus together. When we go out to clean his paddock, when I go out to clean his paddock with the wheelbarrow, I have to bring food, like really good alfalfa or something that he's going to be distracted by because he will take the handle in his mouth and just throw it over. 
And he'll <sighs> do that five or six times. He'll just knock it. It's like, I. so we have to feed him. Or I have to just take him out of the paddock because I can't do it with him in here. He's like, leave me my poop. <laughs> just, I want it. He just does it because he, kn- he knows he can get attention and be irritating, just like a child. It's yeah. just like a child. Good hey, today we learn about Polo Cross from Ryan Murphy, host of the Chucka Talk podcast and author of the book, Polo Cross Made Simple, plus some equestrian first world problems, thanks to me posting that this morning. I was on a horse. <laughs> and Deanne from Horse Nation stops by for a chat. We're going to talk about, have you ever tie-dyed a saddle pad? It used to be a thing for a while, but I can't remember when. 90s? I tie-dyed everything Did you? <laughs> that I owned when I was in like seventh Wasn't grade. Wasn't it 90s okay. that that was happening? I don't want to date myself, but pretty sure that's around that time. Yeah, yeah. I think it was around that time. Um, but apparently yes. it's coming back. It's becoming a thing again, tie-dye. I, I never let tie-dye go. So, I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm glad it's coming back, but we'll talk about that. I want to learn how to tie-dye saddle pads. There you go. So we're going to talk about that. Because uh, my tie-dye all ends up looking brown. <laughs> the shirts I make, so I just buy them. My jester uh, for the acting company I had, they still tie-dye everything, and he's a master at tie-dyeing things. It all looks colorful and symmetrical, and yeah, I think... Yeah, there's... mine either looks like it didn't get enough, or it's all brown. <laughs> hey, before we get to Daily Winnie's, i got to talk to you about a really bad idea. Um, when, when in history have we done something to try and modify nature that has actually worked well and not caused massive problems? I'm going to enter, I'm going to bring some ivy into this country and the cows will eat it and it's going to be great. Oh, wait, no, that ivy took over. Was it oh, kudzu, I'm going to take a mongoose. Yeah, something it's kudzu. kudzu that has taken over the entire South. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Kudzu, my brother fights it back at his house. Yeah, that was a, a non-native uh, species that was brought in. I believe the mongoose was brought in to eat something and the and they have like nocturnal versus the daytime so nothing nothing ever nothing ever works you know they, I mean, they when we like lived in Jurassic massachusetts Park, out toward the that. rich very rich like billionaire area of northern massachusetts they it's all brackish because of the oceans right there so there's all this brackish water and stuff and for years and years and years they had allowed beaver hunting and trapping well they decided that that wasn't allowed anymore because the beavers were so cute Guess what happened in about three years? All of these rich people's property started to flood because the beavers built dams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for everything. Well, the company Oxitec has uh, now gotten permission from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to release millions of genetically modified mosquitoes uh, every week over the next two years in guess where? Florida and Texas. Females of this mosquito species transmit uh, dengue fever, yellow fever, and Zika, so that's bad. But uh, when they release these lab-bred GM-modified males, they will mate with the wild females and their female offspring will die. Continuing uh, continual large scale scale releases of these males should eventually cause a temporary collapse of the wild population. However, vector biologists, uh, geneticists, policy experts, and bioethicists are concerned that the current government oversight and scientific evaluation of these mosquitoes do not ensure their responsible deployment. But we're going to do it anyway. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> so uh, even though the EPA has approved it, apparently the state is still required to prove it. And knowing Florida, 
<laughs> Why not? Uh, they previously what could possibly <laughs> go wrong? <laughs> they had previously wanted to do this in 2018, I guess, and it had been withdrawn after local residents in the Keys said, "Hell no, you're not doing that down here." Uh, I I just. This never works well. <laughs> okay, so they're going to release males, males. Yep. genetically modified males into the wild. So we're putting mosquitoes out there, and they mate with the females, and then the females' the babies f- are all born dead. The female, apparently the female, female babies are born dead because it's the f- females in this case that are the bad ones transmitting disease. <gasps> that's really sad. They're never going to have a daughter. <laughs> no, that's right. Apparently, <laughs> no. well, if this all These works, are mosquitoes. I don't think I think they were going to have genetically dogs. modified female mosquitoes that will carry every disease in the world after we're done. No, we're it's all just gonna going die. to, the, the, what's going to happen is that what this usually happens is this work and all the females will die and the men will become stronger and then start mating with each other and it'll be like ginormous biological like pterodactyl (laughs) another thing in florida to kill us you're gonna be like right you're gonna have a shotgun you're like here comes one and you have to like cock your shotgun and shoot into the air bird shot and a shotgun we'll have a mosquito shot it'll be really fine like salt my name is Daenerys Targaryen. We I am the queen. Is it bad enough that <laughs> we have the Florida dragons. male and the Florida man? Why, why are we introducing the Florida male mosquito? We really don't. Oh, just nothing good's going to come of that. Uh, I think mm. it's kind of hot. But then what do I know? What could possibly go wrong? Happy birthdays to auditor Nick's, auditors Nick Hayes, Mary Ellen Murphy, and Juliana Jules, and also new auditors Laura Langfit, Michelle Pryor, and Tim Davis, and those that raised pledges in the last week, Ruth Schwab, Jennifer Dunn, Tara Tibbetts, uh, Richard uh, Alvey, Linda Frost Alvey, and Alicia Hartley. All of them raised their oh pledges. Oh, my God, you guys, that's so nice. Isn't that cool? So you got a raise, Jamie. And I don't have to do it. I love you guys. I love you guys. I really do. Uh, Thank you. All right. The Daily Winnie has to go to probably the greatest husband of the weekend, and that is Kyle Boker. And I'll tell you what he did. Not mine. Not mine. No. We've already discussed mine already this morning. Uh, Kyle is my friend, Larissa's husband. And Larissa went with me last week to pick up a horse, uh, at, at, to go horse shopping for my new pony from horse and hound rescue. And while we were there, we were shown a three-year-old filly. Um, again, I didn't want anything bigger than 16 hands and I didn't want anything younger than five. So they, uh, of course, took me out to show me a 17 hand three-year-old and, uh, Philly and oh my God, cause she's so nice. Like she's so sweet and just loving and, and followed us around and put her head like in your chest and like wanted to get rubbed was really sweet. And Larissa who has mares, a lot of mares, uh, fell in love with her and I guess she went home and just kept talking about the mayor, talking about the mayor, talking about the mayor. So Kyle gives me a call and he's like, Hey, I guess Larissa wants a damn horse. Was that his words uh, exactly? Yeah. 
uh, well, can you just go get it? And I was like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we pulled, I pulled up yesterday with a horse in the trailer and they were out waiting for, she didn't oh, know so she was, was in surprise. the house. Oh, wow. It was a surprise for Yay. her birthday. So, uh, she loved the horse already. No, had known it, you know, had seen it, met it. It wasn't like just some random horse. Uh, and we unload this three-year-old filly off the trailer. There's horses and fo- mares and foals everywhere and all sorts of activities. There's a stallion on the property. She unloads and like, starts eating grass whatever don't care this is such a nice little filly so her name is euro beauty and uh she is now her new pony so yay congratulations larissa well i'm kyle was his name kyle this is for (laughs) (laughs) way to go kyle good job kyle well done brownie points for you yeah right another (laughs) horse transaction took place this weekend and that is our auditor and listener and friend of the show betty fay who bought she she drove i think it ended up taking him like 12 hours one way (laughs) yeah to drive from colorado all the way here to norman oklahoma they drove in on friday got here Went and saw the paint horse, Gus, and then on came over for dinner and stayed in the house. And then the next morning, Saturday morning, we went on a trail ride and Gus was an angel and he's perfect. And so she loved him. It was really cool, actually. She's the one I bought Duke from nine years ago. And the Duke is still here. So I had her ride us and I rode the Duke and we went on a nice walking trail ride because Duke can't really trot but uh, he now he walks so he, he we, it was really sweet and uh, really nice and so she loved the horse and she took him home so Gus grumpy Gus now has a new home in Colorado yay and he's gonna have a good home we visited her in Colorado and Jennifer went trail riding with her and the trails they ride on in the mountains there are unbelievable really oh they're beautiful I mean just imagine riding Riding up the side of a mountain and having that view of, you know, Denver and the valley. And it's, it's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I have I have more drama for you, though, Glenn. What's that? You, uh, uh, before, all right. So you mean before question, first of all, problems before we get yeah, the drama. Yeah. I, I just want to let everybody know that I, um, I have a mouse problem in my tack room <laughs> and a cat is unacceptable to my husband. And especially when I have nice saddles and the cats always in my experience, jump up on your saddles, you know, and, and, and it just, it it can get to be a mess. So I don't have a cat, but I have a mouse problem. So I set these traps out. No matter how new the farm is, does it? (laughs) It does not. They find your feed room immediately. So, um, I went in and I put, I put like the, Chad put those tiny little snap mouse traps. Well, my Jack Russell went in and got into all of those and <laughs> snapped them all. And he had one on his tail. I mean, it was like a disaster. So that it was not an option. And then Only I bought Jack these. Russell. Yeah, of course. Well, he's he's my mouse hunter, but he's like he'll he'll like bring something back. I'm like, he got a mouse. I'm like, oh my god, that's a baby bunny. Like that's the worst. <laughs> You're the worst dog. So I I found these little like 
have hard traps and the mice would get in them, but you can't see into it. So you have to like almost like hold it up to the light, which is horrifying to look and see like a mouse in this trap. So, and then they would just chew out. So I found this like tunnel. It's almost see-through. It's a tube and the mouse just walks right in and the trap just snaps. So I caught my first mouse this morning and it's so cute. (laughs) You showed oh. you put a picture in the auditor room. It is kind of cute. He's, He's looking right at, at you, going, me. "What the hell am I doing in here?" They're so <laughs> tiny and cute. So, um, so I I posted in the auditor room. I'm like, "You guys, I don't know what to do. I have this mouse, and I, I they're so cute, and I just feel terrible. And I mean, what I'm going to probably do is drive." you know, eight miles away and release it on somebody. Like if I can find somebody, some, maybe property. I'll take it to my mother-in-law's house. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> so I don't want to hurt it. So I have to drive out a couple miles, but then I posted the like cute picture and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's so cute. And all of these people are like, shoot it. Like, what? I, I, Ellen well, says, there were some alternatives. Like, do you know anyone with a snake? Uh, oh. <laughs> but most of the most of them were get him to cook for you in the kitchen. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that was good. But um, I the, the one with just the call uh, Remy and throw him in the kitchen. If it's if it's invasive, you have to kill it. CO two. Put dry ice in a sealed container, <laughs> and it's quick and painless. I can't do that. <laughs> Cecilia's like, we shoot him. I'm like, how do you shoot a mouse? I mean, you would obliterate it. <laughs> yeah, that seems like overkill, actually. And there's a thing on how to humanely kill it, get a barn cat. You guys are hardcore <laughs> murderers. Like, this is amazing. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not, I'm Jessica, I like yours. Yeah. Uh, get him to cook in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea the best. I'm going to go get him a little hat. <laughs> yeah, if only that could happen, right? Hey, if anybody has a snake around, they can have it. As long yeah, as that's have that's be... like nature, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the natural order of things. Maybe I'll feed it to the anaconda that lives under my hay pile. Good Lord. Although I will tell you, tell you uh, so the one adventure Jimmy and I went on, we had nothing planned. We just drove across the state and stopped wherever we thought was cool. Well, she made me stop, stop at the snake place, which she likes snakes. She used to have snakes. I hate snakes. We walk up to the front door. It's an open-to-the-public snake place, and they have like a 1,000 snakes in there. And they do the thing where they, they get the venom out of them, and they actually ship them. So like 500 snakes that do venom. So, so uh, we walk up, and sitting out on the in front of the front door are all these bags of frozen dead mice that are thawing uh. out. They put them out in the sun to thaw them out. Uh. And we, yeah, that's uh. it was kind of gross. Anyway, uh, on a happier note, your co-host for the Retired Racehorse Radio Show was a guest. Joy. Uh, Joy Joy Hills was a guest on the Dressage Show. Now, Joy is African-American, and they asked her to be on the Dressage Show, one, because she rides Dressage, but also to speak about being African-American and diversity in the horse world. And it was a great conversation. Uh, it was a terrific show, actually. Joy was a great guest, as you would expect. and But she really... You know, I liked, she did talk about diversity in the horse world, but she also came at it, as you would expect, Joy, too, uh, in a very positive way. And what what actually we can do to help, and her and I have had these conversations in the past, what we can do to help 
promote diversity and what you can do as an individual to help promote diversity. So it wasn't all just, this is what's happened in the past and it's terrible, it's awful, it's what can we do in the future? So I would highly recommend that to anybody. Just look for Dressage Radio Show on any podcast player on the Horse Radio Network app, or just go to dressageradio.com and you can find that episode there. You'll just see the pretty picture of Joy and her horse. You'll recognize it. Uh, but she did a great job, and you you should be very proud of your co-host. Uh, she, Aww, she was great. that's awesome. Yep, she was great. All right, let's uh, go to do... Well, you have a first world problem, a mouse that you don't know what to do with. Apparently, you just throw it out in front of the snake place and it thaws out. And... You know what? I'll just run over it with my car. <laughs> That seems sensible. <laughs> you will never use the trap again, though. All right. Uh, so let's uh, do some first world problems. First world problem. First world problem. First world problem. All right. Remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. That is just the life we're all living right now. People like it or not. Okay. So remember, I post in the auditor's Facebook page every Sunday, typically night, um, sometimes Monday morning. Sometimes I forget and Glenn completely has to post it too because I was on a horse at 530 this morning and I've ridden all of them already. Okay. So um, we post in this and, and these are actual real thoughts that horse people that listen to this show have. And sometimes they make me really laugh and sometimes they make me disgusted and sometimes I'm so proud. <laughs> so let's start with uh, Chantel had Rosie needs a better fly mask because she hates hers, but the design and cute unicorn one I want is out of stock in her size. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute little fat pony. Um, Ellen, I want to buy a new horse trailer, but like I have to buy a tractor first. <laughs> oh, to do with $20,000. I don't know. Um, Arsina said my new gelding came without a halter. So I obviously had to go and order one for him, but the halters were on sale and hello, free shipping. So now there's like a whole box of new tactics coming and my significant other thinks it's just a halter, but I needed those things to train my horse. And the, did anyone think that a significant other will notice if both horses have matching halters? <laughs> <laughs> Buy all the things. By all the things. Let's see. Jenny says, I love having wind chimes in my barn. But when I turn on my barn fan, I can't hear them. <laughs> you know, I have to be honest. I hate wind chimes with a passion. Well, you and I agree on oh, that. We have, like people who have them on their porch and you hear them all day inside. I can't do it. It's creepy to me because we had them as a kid. My mom had them all around the backyard of the house. And it was always like anytime it's like a fall windy day, you'd hear the chimes. And it just scared me, to be honest. And it takes like me them. back to my use of torture. So uh, whatever. <laughs> Um, Matt says, I decided to wear flip-flops while doing some mowing to be comfy, but now I have poison ivy on one foot. <laughs> and I also won stuff from an online auction or rescue, but now I have to wait for the stuff to come in. That is two problems, Matt, and one of them is real. Um, <laughs> Carrie says, we I, had a I little... gotta say that outcome was better than I thought when he said he was mowing with flip-flops on. <laughs> I could have gone, it could have gone worse. That's why I let it in. That's why I let it in, <laughs> yes. to be honest. Cause... I was going, oh no. I wore flip flops and mowed my toes off. <laughs> yeah, like that was... could have been. 
<laughs> Why nobody wear flip flops around horses or horse things ever? Uh, Carrie says we had a little dressage show at my barn on Sunday, and because my horse is lame and I wasn't riding, I was asked to read dressage tests for a lot of the riders, and like ugh, read the thing so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody um, knows how well I read on this show. There's a reason Jennifer never let me read. Uh, oh God! <laughs> Did you be like E circle left twenty? I already passed E. <laughs> a enter working trot. I am already in the arena, Glenn. <laughs> and I would lose God. my place. I would go. Did I read that one yet? And I, oh, of course, God. I can't tell what the hell she's doing anyway. So Did I'm she like, do that oh, turn to the left. <laughs> Is that the free walk or is that is, or is her? Okay, I don't know. Uh, Colleen says Winston and I are supposed to go to our first show together on Friday. Yay! But he has a bald spot at the top of his tail. <laughs> um, let's see. Chelsea says, my parents have my kiddo for the whole week. So I'm trailering for our long ride today. But after that, I have the rest of the day by myself with nothing to do. <laughs> That's the point, Chelsea. <laughs> Your kid's gone. You're supposed do to nothing. enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see does here. Does that happen to you? No, I don't think it does. Actually. Hannah that was says. A dumb question. <laughs> Sorry. Does that happen to me? What? I, no. I didn't, I didn't think so. I, I'm actually like, we're, we're trying to take a vacation with friends that have twins and I'm like, do you want to go on vacation with the twins? And he's like, no, they're, they're, they're too much for Lucas. <laughs> they're, they're twin five-year-olds and he's like seven and oh, they're yeah, rambunctious and they them, beat huh? the crap out of each other. <laughs> and, and I was like, do you want to go to their house or do you want to go stay uh, with, um, do you want to come on this vacation with us with the twins or do you want to go to um, your Nana's house for the week? Neither. <laughs> Kids or camp somewhere, maybe. <laughs> Neither. I don't like any of them. <laughs> Hannah says my boyfriend keeps using "It's like it's free" on me with video games and hand tools, but I've yet to do it to him. And when every time he buys something, he goes through all the reasons why it's practically free, and they're all the same lines I was going to use on him that I learned from Jamie. <laughs> Maybe he's secretly listening. To I show. think he is, or he's overheard it. Because yeah. where well, else? I, I, you're the only one that has ever I've ever heard that from. I'm pretty Those sure my exact words. To say it. <laughs> I'm sure I, I. You know what? If you're stealing from me, you're stealing twice. That's usually how it goes. I couldn't tell you though. Um, Jenna says I was standing on my social distance dot in the grocery store, and a cute guy behind me winked and said, "I'm gonna guess that Irish Spring soap isn't for you." And I went on to explain in detail how it was actually for my horses to keep them from chewing on the wood and the boards. And oh my God, the look on his face! I should have just said no or even <laughs> yes. What the hell is wrong? He left the line. <laughs> <laughs> he ran. Okay, uh, next line. Right. I'm going over here. <laughs> what kind of pickup line is that? Let's go to him. Like, I'm going to guess that Irish Spring soap isn't for you. No, it's for my horse's wiener. And I was going to clean it. <laughs> what do you want me to say? No, it's for my dad. Like, basically, he's trying to find out if you're single. You and you're like, guess. I'm going to I can put tell it you after wood. that, he ain't ever using that line again. <laughs> 
that's going to put it on the wood for my horses. <laughs> Crazy horse person in line at the grocery store buying Irish spring soap and carrots and yeah, But in, in his defense, okay, in his defense, when you're in line, he was behind. You, you all have, if she's wearing breeches, it all looks pretty good from the back. So. I'll tell you what, you know what's going on right now? My brother informed me of when I was in Atlanta visiting. He's like, we play a game now. And I was like, what's the game you played? He's like, you go out and you try to decide whether the chick is hot under her mask or not. <laughs> Apparently, that's the thing. They're like, is she hot? Do you think she's hot? I don't know. They like take bets. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's never any like answer. Um, but yeah, yeah they, I mean, it is interesting because you don't know whether people are smiling, sticking their tongue out at you. You don't know. I know you can't tell. So is she hot Which is or not? good in some ways if you're the person that, you know, you don't want them to see you grimacing at them. But eyes do say a lot. But then you have to really stare at the eyes. And it's all just creepy. That point. Irish spring soap. Oh yeah, that's God. it. Good line. I mean, I thought it was a good line. It's uh, new, unusual. Well, no, whatever. <laughs> um, the, Kayla says... The, um, my struggle is real. My necklace left a tan line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh can you imagine masks, what they're going to do to tan lines? There's going to be some really <gasps> interesting <awesome>. tans. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Juliana, I think this is Juliana from Alabama. It's her birthday today. She says, I want an amazing new fly sheet from really bad ads. But now I have to get another one for my other horse. Oh, I was wondering if she got her fly sheet. I guess she did. Good. Thanks. She said she hasn't heard from them yet to get the size, so you can follow up on that. Oh, uh, oh she Lisa's, didn't? Yeah. <laughs> Lisa says, my expensive fly rug is chafing my horse, so now they have to wear my old fly rugs. Lisa tried to up the game a little bit, and it's not working out. Uh, Lily says, I hate Facebook Marketplace because I keep telling myself I'm never going to buy anything on it again, and I say my horse is all set. She doesn't need anything else. And then an ad pops up from one of those tax sale groups, and it's something I need. I really need it. <laughs> Alright, time for one more. Uh, let's see. Allison says, I've gotten into a, endurance riding, which means really a bright, fun, eye-catching stuff, which is really hard to hide from your horse husband. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have a magenta? Uh, never mind. The guy would never say magenta. No. Why do you have this pink thing? Yeah, exactly. uh, That's a bridal. Yeah. Yeah. We're not you nuanced get to have... in the color thing. No. 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 This is, uh, and if he if he says the word teal, you should be suspicious. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Kevin. And then while you're uh, <clears throat> doing that, I'm going to get ready to get our guest on the line. Okay, well, we're all a little stressed right now, and our horses can get stressed out too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions, the weather, their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horses stress just like it does for humans, and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. And it might come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day by lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep health performance and overall well-being but this part is important don't just feed any chromium feed your horse the only fd only 
FDA reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. Did I say it wrong? No, oh. I was just repeating it. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we have the host of the Chucka Talk podcast and author of the book Polo Cross Made Simple, Ryan Murphy. We talked about Polo Cross. I looked it up eight years ago. <laughs> so it's been a while. After coaching from the start in his teens and moving up the ranks in Polo Cross to represent the USA in three World Cups. And what I was surprised about this is I know about Polo Cross from Pony Club. I didn't know there was adult Polo Cross. So. We're going to learn something new today. It looks like fun, though. But a lot of hand-eye coordination, you're out. You can't do it. you talking about I can't do it or yeah, you no, can't you do can't it? You can't do it. No. I have hand-eye coordination. <laughs> have you ever uh, had a pull-across stick? Is it, Good hey, morning. Ryan, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Okay. You Good have morning. Glenn and Jamie here with you. Thank you so much for joining Hello. us today. You know, I was just saying Hi. that I knew about polo cross from Pony Club. I didn't even realize there was adult polo cross. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot you don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I say that every day, okay, <laughs> just so you know. That is not yeah. a surprise, Ryan. <laughs> she says it about me all the time, yes. <laughs> no, as a, I live in New I live. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. I live in New Hampshire, and I, I heard on the last episode that your wife worked for Myopia Hunt. Yes. Um, interestingly, and I lived in Hamilton for two and a half years. I was the assistant coach for Harvard Polo. Oh yeah. So I was, so we have that in common. Did you live in Hamilton or we lived or in Ipswich. Or was that before? Oh, you did. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yep. Okay, great. I just All wanted world. to mention that. Well, Fri- very small the home world. of yep. the, f- anybody that knows Ipswich knows it's the home of the best fried clams in uh, the country. Right in Ipswich. Oh That's, yeah. 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 So tell us about Polo Cross. First of all, can you kind of describe what it is and how it's played? Okay, so Polo Cross is derived from Polo, but uh, it's, it is different from Polo. It, it's a net and a ball, foam rubber ball that's passed around, bounced, shot in between goalposts, much smaller field than Polo, doesn't require such an immaculate uh, short grass. Uh, it's a family sport. I'll, I can get into that more, but it's basically three on three. There are two end zones. The ball is passed around, and the goal is to get it into your number one player, who then shoots it through the goalpost. But there's an opposing number three, so that everyone's allowed in midfield, but the end zones have different requirements as far as who can be in there, as far as scoring and defending. So, so if, if this makes sense, the number, yeah, go ahead. So it's kind of like the mallet, or I don't know, what do you call it? A stick, a mallet, what? A net? A, a racket. A racket. A racket. It's like a polo, or, or or like a lacrosse racket would be. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got yeah, it. Exactly. So it but has a little round, net at the end, head. and the ball's about the size of a yep. baseball? A little smaller? No, it's, it's about uh, size, a baseball and a half. Okay, got it. It's, yeah, and it's a it's a deeper net than lacrosse. It's a round head, seven inches in diameter, cane shaft. That's similar to, to polo, um, but yes. So yes. can the and ball uh, when you're playing? Game. Can the ball touch the ground? If the ball touches the ground, is the other team's ball or just whoever gets it? 
No, it, it's on the ground all the time. It's being passed around and shot through the goalpost and bounced into the into the area. If you have the ball, you can't carry it over a line. Okay. So you have to bounce it to yourself. Um, so it's allowed to be on the ground. I got it. Okay. So, and so you, yeah. So you're not allowed to just run the whole length of the field with the ball in your net and and do that. You have to bounce. Right. It. Okay. So it's like basketball right. that way. This yep. is a cross of a lot of different sports. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really. So I can see where this would be fun, but required a tremendous amount of hand-eye coordination. Oh yes. Uh, well, it's just like anything. You put in the the time, and you'll get good at it. Um, a lot of people see it as a cross-training activity. I uh, the the sport was was started in 1938. Edward and Marjorie Hurst came from Australia, and they they were, went to England, and they saw these cut-off polo mouths with these nets. And people were carrying the ball around like egg and spoon. So it was a balancing exercise. And they took that concept back to Australia and they developed this, this huge uh, homemade sport over there where the net got deeper and everything just expanded from there. But it's really started as a family sport where you go away on the weekend with your family. You camp. Every, there's a, games going on all weekend, different levels. You can play with your grandkids. Um, it's just a tremendous family sport, but it is, it is one of the most spectacular games to watch. If you've ever, if you just go on YouTube, pull across, uh, with an E and, uh, because it's got the English, <laughs> the English E on the end, um, pretty tremendous to watch. Um, so talk about a, a little of the horse training aspect of it, because, uh, I, I'm assuming you guys throw things and everything whizzes by their head and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you prepare a horse for the sport? Well, I, I suppose it's, it's just like uh, polo in that regard where you just have to adjust them. It's uh, desensitizing them to the racket and the ball where it's not really a big deal. Um, you know, the rules are based on safety. So, it, it, you know, we're not swinging dangerously. If you do, you, there's penalties. You get hit in the helmet. It's a free goal. But it's uh, it has the basis of dressage where uh, you're, you're using your hands and your legs. And um, it might be different than traditional English where you, well, it depends on, I typically outside leg, inside rein, which is pretty typical of English riding. Um, some people neck rain. There are some people with Western backgrounds. We're really diverse. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. And different from polo, polo uses draw rain. Um, but you'll see some of the top polo cross horses in the world in just a snaffle. One rain in a snaffle, going full speed, checking, spinning. Um, it's pretty wild, the, the horsemanship. And if you know anything about the Aussies and their horsemanship, they're tremendous trainers. Um, so yeah, it's very similar. It's, and, and if you think about it, if, if the ball goes over my head and I turn my head to the right and look over my shoulder, that's going to put pressure on my outside leg and the horse will follow. So it's really just getting them to do basic um, leg aids and, and hands, very little hands if you can help it, and just follow your body around to the ball. Uh, a lot of them love playing. They just they enjoy the, enjoy the, the herd. So I'm watching some videos right now. And so the, you know, you think you throw it in and then one guy, they can kind of gallop down towards the goal. How do you get it away from somebody? You know what I mean? Like I'm watching, right, it seems so very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So you can only swing in an upward direction at their racket. So forward or backwards. And 
if um, if I'm left-handed and I have the ball on the left side of you and you're right-handed, um, you can't reach across my horse to hit my racket. You have to come around to the left side. Um, different than polo, they actually allow left-handers to play polo cross. Uh, that's, I'm a left-hander. I feel like it's an advantage because we're a, we're a minority in the sport. People aren't typically going to the correct side of me all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, you have to you can only swing upwards. If you swing flat, down, uh, hit to the helmet... Uh, some people wear face masks. Um, if you do that, then it's a free goal. So like I said, oh. rules based on safety. But people are just, yeah, they're definitely hacking hacking away. But um, but you, you can definitely do it safely. Um, so you try to knock it ball, out of their net, yeah. basically. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And yep. how so many kind of, horses yep, yep. do you guys use in each one of the, like, I guess you have four chuckers like, like polo? Okay, so this is we're the king of the one horse sport, actually. Um, uh, poor man's polo. You just have um, <laughs> this is a sport for us. You have Jamie. one horse. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So a family of four would have four horses, maybe a spare, but you play one horse all weekend. Uh, typically, it's either four eight minute chukkas, C H U K K A, or six six minute chukkas. Uh, so typically on a weekend, uh, well, let me let me go back. There's usually six players on a team, two sections of three. That's different than, than polo. Um, so each in each game, each section would play three six-minute chukkas. That's 18 minutes of really hard and fast polo cross. And there's typically three to four games on a weekend. So we do ask a lot of the horses. You have to be extremely fit. You can only bring in another horse if your horse is injured. Managing oh my the horses God. is very This important. is intense. I'm watching this on, on YouTube right now as you're talking about it. This <laughs> y'all are like serious. Y'all are savages, is what it is. Well, I wish you could see uh, you should try to find a junior game because little kids <laughs> running around on pony ponies is just as savage, but in a in a different way. Um, in an adorable yeah. And oh did, yeah! Did you start? This is uh, you know where I knew it from was Pony Club. My wife was a, a Pony Clubber, so you know I kind of was exposed to that. Oh, we got a fall! Sorry, I was excited. <laughs> so I yeah. assume that's where you started was Pony Club. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so I started in Pony Club uh, back in '89. My um, so I, I'm from Central Pennsylvania. My mother bred warm blood, and her horses were in the Devon shows for the breeding show. My father is still a veterinarian at Penn National Racecourse. That's where I grew up. It was at the time Manitou Creek Pony Club. Yep, that's right. In the Maryland region. That's right. Yep. And um, and my my DC brought rackets home from festival, and that's how I was introduced to the sport. The sport started out west, Phoenix, California, Colorado, New Mexico, by cowboys, but. Over that was in the early '80s, and over time it moved east. And when it hit the East Coast, it exploded in Pony Club. Half of our membership in the early 2000s was from Pony Club. Um, so we're all spread out. It's kind of tough to grow the sport. There's only 300 players or so, but that's that's where I started. And if, to be honest, if it wasn't for polo cross, I wouldn't still be competing with horses. I, I believe my sister was in eventing, my mother into dressage, but. Um, but side note, my sister, I've been on a World Cup team with her. So she plays bowl across and um, I've played with my father when I started. So, 
So, so it's a family, a family it's a, sport. <laughs> yeah, it's a family sport. So uh, two questions before we run out of time. What type of horses do you guys use? And can men and women, do they play equally on the same team? All right. So let me start with uh, men and women. In the States, men and women play together. Um, if there's a large enough number of players, uh, it's sort of, it's nice because women can play women and men, men. But typically in the States, because we're smaller numbers, um, it, they play against each other. So, and what I'll say is the women, women are do a tremendous job because they tend to be better riders, more finesse, get the horse to the ball. The men are like, oh, I'll just reach out there further and stuff like that. So um, women can be really dominant. It's not really just a physical sport. If your horse is savvy, they can, they can really take over. Um, and then as far as horses, um, I'll try to say this quickly, but uh, any kind of horse you could imagine, um, thoroughbreds off the track, uh, quarter horses. But because of polo cross, my, my mother brought over the Australian stock horses. Those are the, the horses, obviously, the, the biggest breed in Australia. They're the breed for every need. They're super versatile. So my mom started breeding those in the early 2000s. What are they uh, called? The Australian stock horses okay let me um, stop you there we because have, we all know what an australian stock horse is because hello we've all watched the man from snowy river ten thousand times and tom burlington jim his <laughs> horse was an australian stock horse that he galloped down the hill that's what it is awesome yes <laughs> and we have we have fam our family is associated with we uh with guy mclean because i was just that. gonna say guy he's mclean is farm. the other place we know that because we've all we know guy for years and that's what he uses Yep. So I, I've, I've been fortunate to have them. They're so athletic, so versatile. They were used in the Boer War. Um, They're super tough. And yeah, man from Snowy River, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Denny. Oh, yeah. Denny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, this is great. Where can people go to find out more about uh, Polo Cross and maybe like kind of think about taking some lessons or going to a clinic or something? Yes. So AmericanPoloCross.org, Polo Cross with an E, um, is where you'll go. There's a learn, learn to play button on our website. We have coaches that are certified that can, uh, you can find that can help you out. Um, I have a podcast named, uh, called Chuck a Talk. And, uh, my website's PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. And yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. Obviously, YouTube's a great place to start to check it out. Uh, but yeah, tremendous family sport and so much fun. It, you get hooked. I mean, if you start, you'll never stop playing. The one I'm watching, by the way, that's so savage. I just realized it's South Africa versus Australia. Those are some, <laughs> those are some tough dudes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I, when I YouTube, oh, I YouTube the top of the top, I think. Yes. YouTube world cup polo cross. I mean, Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. The I want to watch kids do polo you know, the other one. Glenn, I'm done for yes. the rest of the show. <laughs> the other one I'm thinking about that's also <laughs> kind of savage that, uh, is, is horse ball. Um, and once you've seen, yes. Oh, I've seen a horse ball in person at the 2010 games and Oh my God, those guys are nuts. <laughs> it's like... uh, side, side note, we were another exhibition sport at those, at the world question games in 2010. Were you, uh, I remember seeing the, the horse ball people. Yes. 
the yep. horseball, uh, the entire horseball gang, about 20 of them, came to our house for Chinese on the Friday night of the World Equestrian Games because they were they were getting sick of eating hotel food and stuff. So we had them come <laughs> over at the house. And not, half of them didn't speak English, so it was a lot of French and stuff. They were a great group. They were a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, well, that's yeah. great. You. You he- you fed them a healthy diet of Chinese, Chinese. food. Chinese, that's what they really? wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a bunch, Ryan. This has been fun. It's good to learn about it. Oh, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for your time. Take care. Thanks, Ryan. All right, All right. have a great day. You too. Bye bye. So nice to talk to other podcasters. They're so they're such good guests. <laughs> we just... Yeah, it's really fascinating sport. I, I, mean, I was hoping I wa- you'd watch a video. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's like I said, I watched South Africa versus Australia. <laughs> Those people seem like they hate each other and they wanted each one wants the other one to die. <laughs> I wonder how many of this I don't know. What do you call them? Mallet sticks, nets. I wonder how many they break. Because they are really um, whacking each other. <laughs> it's it seems very aggressive. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> So, anyway, all right. Hey, do you still use your total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers? Let me let me let me tell you, Glenn. That's a ridiculous question. Because once you use total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers, you don't use any other ones. <laughs> I mean, I actually have like when I rode Duke yesterday or Saturday morning on a trail ride, he's has a really wide back. Okay. So I have this really wide saddle that goes for Duke and I had to remove the stirrup leathers off my jump saddle and put them on just for a trail ride. I should have ridden bareback, but no, I had to put the stability stirrup leathers on. So uh, that's how addicting they are and how great you feel and comfortable. Um, that's all that Jennifer wide... uses. That's all she uses. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know where her other ones are anymore. <laughs> Remember, like I told you guys, the reason you have to use them after you start is because it's black magic and you become enchanted (laughs) with this black magic that is like inside the stirrup letters because what happens is they're like wider and they're really thin. So you don't even feel the leathers underneath your leg. And because they're wider, they stick to your saddle and to your boot better. So you have such a secure leg and it just feels really thin. They come in black or brown. They have buckle style or that slim design with no buckle under your thigh available in 45 different lengths, apparently. And the best part is 100% money back guarantee. And they'll pay the shipping both ways if you don't love them. Again, you can find all of that. It's like they're free, Glenn. It's like a free trial. If you don't like them, you send it back. It's like you didn't pay for them. Uh, find them at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. I asked him how many he gets back because, you know, that's a pretty good offer. And he said very few. And I, I imagined he wouldn't do it unless he got very few back. I, unless I mean, somebody I think it was like bought one them. in three months. It was, uh, you know, and that's taking out the size, you know, just getting back because I didn't like them. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like they, if you return it, it's because your significant other saw on your credit card that you bought more tech. <laughs> yeah. Like that has to be. But you know what? If that's the case, 
you know what? Who's in charge? You're in charge. You don't have to send it back if you don't want to. I'm going to get hey, people divorced. I have a couple news stories here before we get to Deanne from uh, Horse Nation. And we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk to Deanne about tie-dyeing saddle pads. And also 10 ways to bring about lameness in your horse. So that's uh, going to be the topics with Deanne today. But uh, a couple news stories. Uh, so... They're, they're equestrian Australia. We have a lot of Australian listeners, which is the reason I'm bringing this up. They're having some troubles down there. Um, so apparently the, uh, there's a major organization that controls the, uh, 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 all the sport in Australia. Okay. And especially when it gets called Sport Australia and, uh, especially the sports that involve the Olympics. And then like our USEF, there's equestrian Australia that kind of uh, controls what happens with equestrian sport in the country. Well, apparently the big organization, Sport Australia is not happy with equestrian Australia at all. And they have withdrawn the funding. So they've cut Uh-oh. all their funding. Which means they have no money. Because <laughs> so, this is, I, I didn't, in some countries, and I think England's this way too, that's government money. So they're funded through through uh, taxation. And they felt that uh, Equestrian Australia was being poorly run and uh, not fiscally sound. So they cut all the funding. So they basically have taken over, uh, they put benefactors in charge of Equestrian Australia have uh, most of the leadership of Equestrian Australia have now quit and they've kind of taken it over and they are saying that they'll ensure that requirements are met to nominate athletes for the Olympics and the Paralympic Games but and that uh, 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 that the uh, sport uh, that the group in charge of making sure that shows go on and stuff will will be there, but they've taken over governance of it, and uh, they're having some serious what problems. What would be what would be the American equivalent of this? Um, I guess it would I be got to dumb it like, down, them because USEF would be our equivalent of Equestrian Australia. Okay, okay? Got, it. got it, got it. So that so it would be, but we don't have the funding coming from you know, from the taxation. So that's the difference. But it would be like our Olympic committee. If our Olympic committee was funding our USEF, then the Olympic committee would say, hey, you're all out. We're cutting funding and we're taking over. So, yeah, that's uh, big news down I'm, there in Australia. Think, I'm going to go back with the, it's all funded. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, that's the way it is in the UK, too. Um, Let's get to the best news yeah, yeah, I've tell us heard about it. in I I can't even remember. I have I have great news. Like it should be like uh, everybody sit down because we're gonna actually tell you something good that's happening in the world right now, as opposed to something terrible. And that is in California, they have restricted whip use. It's a start, people. In you racing. know what you yeah. see? Yeah, horse racing, obviously. So if you see somebody coming on the stretch in horse racing, you see them whack the crap out of the horse repeatedly. Mike Smith, you, I'm talking to you. I mean, <laughs> whap, 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 every stride. And the horse is running their little heart out. And what happens sometimes when you whip is like what happened, in my opinion, in the Kentucky Derby last year in 2019 was maximum security was whipped. And horses go into pressure. And he went into the pressure of the whip and went across and lost the derby. That's my opinion. Again, you can send your complaints to Jennifer at horse Um, but anyway, so whipping and horse racing is dangerous. You whip other people, you whip horses, they lose their tracks. Now in California, 
jockeys competing in California won't be able to strike a horse more than six times during a race and then only in an underhanded position, according to a new rule approved by the California Horse Racing Board. No more than two strikes in succession using the whips, and they're having board standards to soften the whips, I guess, yeah, too. Yeah, they're so, talking about changing the whips, yeah. Because if it's legit, like, I need a noisemaker, use a foam whip. But they don't. They use ginormous sticks. And that is, you know, they always say, that. oh, they don't hurt. Yes, they do. Because um, you're whacking them. And how many horses I've had in training, Glenn, that have come to me from the, the horse rescue that were racehorses, you can't raise your arm on them. If you're holding the, say you're holding the reins with your left hand and you put, you know, it's like you go to raise your right hand. They you got an itch on your face. <laughs> yeah. So they free. I mean, you know, I do like lessons. I'm like, okay, kids, put your hands up, you know, arms out to the side. No. Oki, the calmest man in the world took off with me when I raised my arm because they fear that whip. So it's really important to, sorry, I'm going on tangent. Anyway, okay. representative. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're going to love rep- this one. Here we go. <laughs> Representatives from the Jockeys Guild, along with riders Mike Smith, have or- urged the board to wait at least a month before voting to allow more time for a, for a proposed national rule on whip standards to be implemented. Did, I didn't know that was in the works. Did you know that was in the works? To, to the have rule? a yeah, national rule? Yeah. yeah, basically, they just don't want it to happen, from what I understand. Well, because, which means the national rule is going to be more lenient than this one, which is why they were course, pushing for this. <laughs> like, can you all just wait a little bit till like everybody else comes up with a better idea that we like better? Um, <laughs> let's see. Can I can I read what the head read of the, the quote? Yeah, read the this quote. is a quote from the guy who who was uh, instrumental. His name's Ferrero in getting this in place. He said, "We're never going to please the jocks. They don't want to do anything but keep the status quo. We appreciate their argument, but it's not going to fly in the face of public demand that we quit hitting these horses." And you know what? It's a crock what what Mike Smith said because there's a limit. I think it's only what three strikes on the backstretch in Europe. They have strict l- rules in some of the countries on whipping and i think it's even stricter than this it's not like three three or four strikes and it's only in the in the final stretch not the back stretch but the final stretch and uh there are jockeys dying over there no uh. and th- that's the thing is like we it keeps us safe it keeps us safe that is bull how many times okay anybody who's a horse person and i know we've talked to a jockey and frankie said oh yeah wakes him up a little bit you know what clock I don't know. Tap them with your hand or something. Um, the rule will also prohibit the use of race of whips during morning training and after the finish of races. I don't know. Yeah, what I wonder that means. if they're going to have whip police. Who's enforcing that? You know, that's that's going to be interesting too to see if it is enforced. I, no uh, whips during morning training is awesome. I don't know how you desensitize them to it, seeing it at the race, but like morning training, they don't need whips. If that's where you separate the men from the boys and far racehorses go, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, if they're taking that much encouragement, they're probably not uh, going to be a winner in the in long run <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Now, the violators will be face a fine of $1,000 and a minimum suspension of three days. However, there'll be no penalty if stewards determine the use of the whip was necessary for the safety of the horse and rider. I don't know how, oh, may, I don't know how you determine that, but, and this is also going to be a nightmare for the stewards. So they're going to have to have somebody watching all those horses counting. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how they do that. that. 
I don't know. They, they do it in Europe. So, I mean, it, it's doable. And they just need to talk to our European friends who are ahead of the, the game. Um, but it's great news. It's a great start. You know what? You know what? Maybe it'll become such a pain in the butt to do it that they'll just be like, we're just going to ban them. <laughs> Maybe. Just- no more whips. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think we'll ever get to the point where there's none? I hope so. I hope so. But this is a, this is a really great start. And for I'm, new I'm, listeners, I'm really this excited. is not that Jamie is not jumping on the bandwagon here. She's been saying this for ten years. So uh. I I just I love horse racing. I love it. I've loved it since I was a child. Since I watched Sunday Silence and Easy Go Battle It Out and the Triple Crown races, I was a, such a fan. But since it's like you watch it and you're like, go, go, go. But then I just can't stand to see these horses while they're running as fast and hard as they can to get the crap beat out of them. It makes no sense to me why you would add pain to a horse that is working very hard. I've never, I've always felt like this. I think most of us that listen to this show do this. Why it's not a racing show because they don't have that same opinion in racing. <laughs> That's but right. Jennifer I would be like getting a lot of emails. <laughs> And the whips. You know what? I'm just a girl with a sitting up here on my pa- next to my patio talking about horses. Like it's just, this just let's, you know, no reason to get upset with me for disagreeing with you. <laughs> I agree. I mean, There's I, enough drama in the world right now, spe- people. Speaking of which, this weekend is the first leg of the trip. Are they still the triple? Cr- are they still calling it the triple crown this we- this year? Because it's Belmont's this weekend. Coming is it up, really? Yes, yeah, the twenty. Wow. Yeah. So this is so confusing. We'll talk later in the week about <laughs> I'm who so the, confused. They did shorten the length of the race, so yeah, because the, you know they got the three year olds coming into this big race, and it's not their you know they haven't a lot of them haven't raced all that much. So uh, I think that uh, that was a good idea, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk a, a little bit more about that uh, later in the week on Friday because that's coming up this hey, weekend. And speaking of on Saturday, remember I am heading to flag is up farm on Saturday for the movement that takes place Monday, Tuesday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Go to the movement 2020.com to see all of this stuff. Go to MontyRoberts.com. That's easy too to see all this stuff. And, um, I, I got a phone call this morning. You too morning. can watch. They have a video package. You can watch at home live. Yeah, and I got a phone call this morning from one of the presenters who wants to talk to me because I'm apparently going to be virtually assisting with this presentation. And um, that's Dr. Madison Siemens. He has my number, and he called me (laughs) instead of me calling him. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of you begging him for help. On Christmas Day, when you can't find a vet, that's who I call. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he called me for help. So, boom, I feel like the universe is turning. I'm calling him after the show, and I'm going to help him with this presentation. Yeah, if you love Jamie, if you love Monty, if you love, uh, you know, there's going to be a ton of different presenters there. Definitely go buy a ticket and watch Temple Grandin is going to be a presenter. We're doing yoga on Mustangs. Oh, my God. (laughs) What more could you want? Oh, I know what you could want. You could want to talk to Deanne from Horse Nation. Hi, Deanne. How are you guys this morning? Good. We're having a good time here today, having fun. And uh, I asked Jamie, has she ever tie-dyed anything? And apparently she tie-dyed everything. uh, And and when I was in seventh grade, that (laughs) was par for the course. But I never did a saddle pad. I wasn't that clever. You know, and I'm... I've never, I've tie-dyed a couple of times, but I'm not very good at it. 
And so I hear somebody yelling, mommy, you're in trouble. <laughs> we are 100% going to have children bust through. I'm in my bedroom right now. And I'm sorry if the sound quality isn't great. This is going to describe how things are going and why we're looking into tie dyeing. So I have a newish computer, which now, of course, doesn't use the old school USB adapters. It uses like the USB-C ones. And when you have a house full of small children, adapters like that like to go missing. Mm. So I can't hook up the microphone today. (laughs) (laughs) I am looking for things to keep my children busy. So when I saw this saddle pad tie-dyeing activity, I was like, this is great. Like, this is going, this will be something to distract them for at least 10 solid minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Right. today done it yet but i am notoriously not good at tie-dyeing like even when i was coaching and the kids would all want to tie-dye t-shirts i would like hand it off to a kid who was good at it for my t-shirt so i do not anticipate this activity going well but i think my kids will love it (laughs) yes again i said most of my things either ended up with hardly any tie-dye on it or they turned some sort of brownish gray but you know what (laughs) whatever and if judging by my easter egg painting i wouldn't do well either so, <laughs> so the saddle pads, does it say what kind of saddle pads to use? Like, I know that we would crinkle up t-shirts and stuff. Can you do that with certain saddle pads? Well, so yeah. And let me, I'm actually going to just make sure I get it right. It was a couple of very specific saddle pads. And of course it's from like one of our sponsors. So, you know, it's their smart pack saddle pad. Um, but they, the light white dressage saddle pack pad from smart pack or the small diamond dressage saddle pad, apparently ba- are, baby pad, baby basically. pads, basically, yeah, yeah. Baby pads. Yeah. basically nothing like too, too thick and the white ones so that you can actually see it. <laughs> Don't right. use the black one. And I Probably think not good. themselves to being like rolled and crinkled and rubber banded. Right. So yes. that's what they're showing here is they actually take it, they roll it up as much as you can roll this sucker up, and then you rubber band it all around. Right. So rubber banding, Glenn, because I am, you know, a the expert on the show today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rubber banding, it gives it those cool lines and uh, that makes it give it all the different kind of ideas. But I've never seen, you know, we would accordion fold and twist and try in knots and put rubber bands all over the T-shirts. Um, so what do you do again with the, the saddle pad? Um, so it looks like. Because again, I'm not the expert here. It looks like what you do is you do roll it. I think they called it accordion fold. You accordion fold it and then roll it. And then they add the rubber bands in the various like designs. And I think if you were a pro tie dyer, which I am not, but I am sure you could find somebody on YouTube who is, um, I'm sure there would be other ways to fold it to get like the spiral pattern, right? Like I They want everybody shooting for. <laughs> The starburst. Yes, the, yeah. The starburst. And yeah. I would imagine that with a saddle pad in the same way with a t-shirt, I think, again, I don't tie-dye a lot. Like, if you roll it and rubber band in a certain way, you can do that. And I think you could definitely do it with these saddle pads. But oh, my God. They look so cool. How long do you let them pad. sit for? They're in a... You it, put, kind of put them in a bag, right? And that, yeah, you yeah. put them in a bag or in saran wrap. Um, let's see. It says, apply to the fabric... Oh, it says wait six to eight hours (laughs) or 18 hours, actually. Yes. Uh, And I think the longer you let them sit, the better. Like they said, 18 hours. And if you see the final product, they're really bright, which is great. But I'm picturing 
these cute little saddle pads, which I'm actually going to order for my daughter and her friend and have them do on a play date just to make life even more interesting. Outside, outside, Out- away from oh. the white carpet and furniture. <laughs> yes, on my patio that can be hosed down. Um, and I, they, the lesson pony they use, as well as like our own pony, is white. So we might end up with a tie-dyed horse, but that's like totally <laughs> Great. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do, right? <laughs> I have multiple pictures of my ponies and horses getting painted. That's a perfect canvas. Absolutely. I so, loved the next one. That uh, your cartoonist is so good. Tell us, tell us about your cartoonist again. Where you got this one? Okay. Oh, hold on. I'm totally about to have a child bust in That's right, right. now. So We've had that over the years. It's okay. I've been interesting. So no, Morgan Schmidt is awesome. And I feel like she always hits the nail like right on the head. And she does this column called The Idea of Order. And, um, she, you know, has various comics relating to owning horses. Um and the one last, and we publish her pieces every Wednesday. So the one last Wednesday were like 10 ways to bring about lameness. And as I'm, as my own horse is on week two and a half of stall rest, I'm like, <laughs> I feel this in my bones right now. <laughs> Let's go through um, them. Let's go through them because they're great. What was that? Sorry. Let's go through them. They're great. (laughs) All right. And she goes in reverse order. So number 10 was actually like the horse you currently own, which is 100% true, right? Like it's never the rank little $800 grade pony that someone bought out of another person's backyard that's lame. Like it's never that horse. (laughs) It's always the one that you like and want to ride. (laughs) I like the next one too. Have the audacity to want to ride and show said horse you like and own. That's true. (laughs) And every time, and it always happens two days before you're about to leave. You've paid oh, your absolutely. fees, you've done all of that, and two days, or the day before you're about to leave, they, they'll lose a shoe and rip half their foot off. Right, and yeah. whatever it is, it has to be, like, to the point that you can't scratch, right? Like, Right. <laughs> or, I mean, you can scratch, but you're going to take a hit. Yeah, you're not getting your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought as a horse husband was absolutely ridiculous, by the way, I gotta say. That was always a pet peeve. And I feel like if I'm being really logical, I can be like, okay, like I understand like the show producers can't lose money on it. Um, They can't lose money on it because that like affects their overhead and how they plan is based on entries. Like I absolutely get that until I'm the person whose horse is lame and I want to (laughs) scratch. I like number seven. I'm going to change it a little. Casually think to yourself that it's been a while since you've chatted with the vet or you've seen the vet or you've paid a bill from the vet. Every time you'd never think that because when you think that, it's when it happens. Oh, you absolutely curse yourself. Oh, 100%. So the other thing, too, is we live in a farm that uh, the landlords live in one end. We live in the other. They have horses. We have horses. So we finally get to go somewhere yesterday, right? We go have a good time. I've got Jennifer into riding the electric bikes on the trails now, so she's having fun with that. Um, so we come back from that, and we pull in, and the vet's here. And that's always like, oh, no. Because it's a Sunday and the vet's here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, is it their horses or our horses? They might have called us. It was our horses. But right. uh, yeah. it wasn't anything serious, by the way. So it wasn't our horses and it wasn't anything serious. What's, what's your favorite on this list, Jamie? 
Oh gosh. I, you know, what the problem is, is a lot of them just hit a little too close to home. <laughs> like, like, the one, trauma. Uh, like redo all your pasture fencing because your horses are going to find nails you missed and bring them to your attention. Or what happens is my horses just decide that they would like this particular board removed right now. Yes, right. right. Yeah, let's get it out spot. of here. I didn't want that one there anyway. Um, yeah. Also, the buy a quality youngster. I have, I bred a quality youngster. And yes, those are always good for gaining hands-on veterinary experience. <laughs> right? It's pretty amazing. So I like it. I like it. I love the number one, like, under the phrase, he's never taken a lame step. Which, uh. I mean, I can't really utter so it doesn't matter but um but like i love that you might as well poke the equine god in the eye with a sharp stick i mean if you like people will ask me like i was selling drags and the lady's like uh have you had any problems with these you've been lame and i my standard answer to stuff like that is I refuse to answer that question in order to not jinx myself. <laughs> I just, I'm so careful about saying things like that. Oh, he's never been lame. Turn around, they'll be lame. Yeah, the next one really is the day before they arrive after driving 12 hours. It will be the day. He's yeah. really good at keeping his shoes on. You should be fine. Get out there. He's barefoot, torn right. up his foot, you know, took the whole shoe off. So, yes, I'm very, very, very cautious. I actually am even nervous pre-entering horse shows. I just feel like pre-entering a horse show is like... I'm taunting the gods well, and equine gods. To be honest, though, after uh, over the years, we have you have had trouble. <laughs> over the years. I entered the Ocala horse trials at training level three times, <laughs> three times. Oh no! And do you know how long it takes to come back from a suspensory injury and get back to training level? Oh. Three times. <laughs> I just said Ocala horse trials never going to happen for me. I'm never going to go there and I'm never going to run training on this horse ever. So <laughs> he became a fox hunter. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> We'd love to see you come down here and do that horse trial sometime, by the way. Well, I lived in Georgia, so it was a much <laughs> sen more sensible drive. <laughs> well, you have a place to stay if you ever do go. Uh, we're about four Thanks. miles from that. <laughs> I just I had just started and I was like, I'm going to go to Ocala and go to a horse trial. It's going to be amazing. Or no, I'm not ever. So I moved out of Arizona before I ever went to that. So Dan, before we let you go, you're home with the kids. You have twins. Um, you okay? You doing all right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can we need to call. Can be hey, you know what? Hold on. They can't, they well, can't hear you. You have headphones on. Just give us a code word. The code word is red monkey. If we need to call somebody and come and get you. So well, at any point. Use red monkey. Go and go. How are you, Deanne? Oh, I'm great. As you are asking me, one of the little red monkeys is coming into my room. <laughs> but um, no, it's you know, it's it's going. I'm we're hanging in. It's the only like the biggest issue right now is that so now we're officially on summer break, which usually my kids are thrilled, right? But the problem is we've not been to school since March. So yeah, over we're, it. yeah, and we're to that point that like we'd normally be in August. Yeah, sending them back. <laughs> we're sending them back, but we've got like two and a half more months. <laughs> Maybe two, whatever. Oh my so, god, my know, stomach just got sick. I know it's hard. <laughs> I'm you know to the point where I'm introducing permanent dyes to the household. Apparently, so <laughs> fine. 
It's all fine. <laughs> you know what I feel better about as a podcaster doing this show live for 10 years is I listen to an, uh, a syndicated show, a, a morning radio show that's on, I listen to the podcast version, but it's on 100 markets. It's a big syndicated show. And they're all working from home. And the nightmares they have had figuring out the technology working from home, and I just laugh and laugh. And the problems <laughs> we've had over the years they're having, and their children come in, the teenage kids come in and complain that there's nothing good in the refrigerator and she's on an, you know, an international show. And it's all the same thing podcasters have been going through. That, And I just listening to them to whine about how difficult it is, these radio people, whining how difficult it is to do what we've been doing for 2,500 episodes. Video people <laughs> right? are the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> and they're acting like it's the end of the world. I have to sit in my bedroom and I have to talk on these inferior mics and, and they just whine about it every day. And I am laughing and enjoying myself every day. See, the guy that I listen to who's a syndicator, not syndicated, from Atlanta, he does Atlanta radio. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm never leaving my house again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure I have officially become a hermit. <laughs> it's great. But it is. Like, did right? he He's have like, mic Amazon? troubles and all of that at the beginning? I didn't hear it at the beginning. He, but he's on. He's like with Amazon and Uber Eats. I never have to leave my house <laughs> ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I am so enjoying it. And then they couldn't play sound. And, you know, this a radio show. They play sound all the time, right? So they couldn't play sound. So they were holding their phones up to the microphone, playing it through the phone. Yeah. yeah I I've finally <laughs> wrote to the producer and I said. I can help you guys with that if you need some help. And I got this Kurt answer back. <laughs> oh, how dare you? We don't need your help, stupid podcast. Oh, for another Jeez. two weeks, they were holding the phone up to the microphone, playing it. I could have told them how to do it in about 10 minutes. But, oh, well. well. Like somebody just offered to like throw you a lifeline. Take it. Oh, because Take podcasters, it. we're inferior. They, well, we don't know what we're doing. Uh yeah, well, Joe Radio Rogan just people. got offered a hundred million dollars to <laughs> to bring his show. So there you go. <clears throat> Radio people are the worst. By the way, let me repeat to the universe: if anybody wants to offer us a million dollars to bring our show to Spotify or any other platform, <laughs> we will gladly do it. Uh, we we'll will consider we will, it. We will not turn you down. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be a hundred million. I will. T Jamie and I discussed it. A million would work. We'd be happy with that. So, yeah, it's true. I'd be okay with it. We're I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk tough. Like, you know what? Well, we'll, we'll, we need to think about it. We need to close the door and step away for a minute. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> 10 minutes later, we're emailing back. Send the check too. Uh, we'll gladly how be on your guys, network. How do you guys tax that? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we need to talk to our accountant first. Uh, we'd still right, invite so you I over ask... the end, though. We'll get you some of that. We'll get you okay. at least 5,000. Okay. Dan. Excellent. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. This is totally off topic here. I might have um, an answer. You're funny though. So like I want I want a funny response. And Glenn, you can weigh in on this too. So okay. I have to order a cake today for my in-laws and it's their 50th wedding anniversary wow. and i'm trying to think of something to that's say that's time. not like eh, happy anniversary. <laughs> I want to say something like I can't believe you still like each other. Like that's what I want to put something on the cake that is like a real thing. So I need y'all to come up with some ways that I can, some things I can put on this cake. I'm going to order it at like, you know, in a couple hours, I'm going to go to the store and order it. So I've, I've got some time. Any ideas so far? 
Hmm. So while you were saying that, I had to mute my mic and yell at some children, but I got the gist. <laughs> I need a funny cake oh, saying yeah. for a 50 or 50, 50, 50 50th wedding. Yep. I'm thinking, hmm. Like, I'm glad you still like each other. That's what I want. How about <laughs> the, the first 50 years are always the hardest. The first 50. Yeah, but that's like a real thing. That's a real thing. That is true. I want um, something super sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know your in-laws a little. I don't know, but that, uh, that goes over. Oh, it would really fall flat, but it's funny <laughs> to me and Chad. <laughs> uh, what other what other things? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Some of them are too long. Like there's one that's called yeah. marriage is a relationship in which one is always right. And the other is the husband. Happy anniversary. Yeah, That's, that's really long for a cake. It's too long. It's <laughs> I'm too feeling long. like that's going to cost you a fortune in the decorating. Yeah. And there's uh, no way they'll spell question it. Mark, who lost the bet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years. You guys lost a bet. <laughs> that's good. <sighs> Uh, see, I can't come up with anything. It's hard. 50 years. How many hall passes? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the problem Probably is, not appropriate for the in-laws. Uh, no, considering like they're super religious. That's probably not good. Um, my... That's what makes it even funnier. That's why I laughed wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I don't want to waste time on this, but. If anybody has anything that's listening right now, you got a couple hours to send it to me. Um, like, I don't want something cheesy. Like, like you know, you when they, you get an anniversary cake or you have something written, and you have to fill out the form and and you have to write what you want them to say, and then you want it to be in like lime green, and then they'll write happy anniversary lime green. That's what I want something to be like that. <laughs> or like, have you seen the one that it's a picture of the USB drive? Where it's like, if somebody submitted the USB drive for the picture to be printed on the cake. Oh, <laughs> they just made a USB drive as opposed to yeah. entering it in a computer. That's good. That's good. Okay, I'm going to look up sarcastic cakes. I'm done here, Glenn. Let's let's figure this out. All right, Dan, go ahead take care of Sorry, I flopped. I wasn't very helpful. I wasn't very I helpful either. A time. I mean, not too many people make it to 50 years. Well, I know. That's why I, <laughs> I just right. I just maybe able... that's exactly what you say. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Not many people make it this far. <laughs> uh, well, first I, of all, they don't live that long. So I just, there's that. I Googled sarcastic cake images and it <laughs> the first one that popped up says, at least you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, like this one. I, I was married by a judge. I should have asked for a jury. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, this death, be, this... <laughs> death is closer than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Not too many more years to go. You're off the hook oh, yeah. soon. Oh, there's you're a good one. At 50 years, you're off the hook soon. <laughs> you're almost done. Yeah, I think that's kind of morbid. Um <laughs> Congrats. This is good for horse. Blah, By the blah, way, blah. Uh, for those that don't aren't auditors, this is normally what we talk about in the post auditor. This kind of silly stuff. So there won't be any post auditor show today. This is your post auditor show, <laughs> and we're it. giving it to everybody for free. Look at that. So marriage, wait, Jamie, marriage is a Jamie, workshop wait, where the husband works and the wife shops. <laughs> 
watch it. I, I just, it's like just like what we talked about the other day, where I was sitting at home. Oh, you work from home, so you play all day, and your husband goes to work. Oh, I'll punch you. What were you gonna say, Dan? Oh my gosh, don't mind the slamming doors and pounding of feet. That's in all right. The background. That's, we're, we're, um, it's cool. <laughs> I said, do they drink? No. Uh, well, I mean, so you can't be like fifty years. All you need is love, ellipsis. And wine. <laughs> and wine. Yeah, I he does not drink. I'm pretty sure uh, well. she healthy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> My husband said he needed more space, so I locked him outside. <laughs> I love this cake. It says you make poor choices when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, listen to this one. Happy anniversary. We've been through a lot together. Most of it was your fault. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, let's see uh, yeah not, uh, <laughs> one of these cakes is for like a going away for somebody in the office and it says we won't remember you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> how about this one 50 years it's remarkable how long we've tolerated each other or you could say uh, you, yeah yeah that's uh, again they need to be short for cakes yeah that's true. Yeah, and i was kind of i was i was headed, <laughs> congrats I was headed on down the same teen. road congrats on your teen pregnancy i just googled <laughs> sarcastic cake <laughs> well you put that on the 50th oh my god congrats on your teen pregnancy <laughs> which was true for a lot of people that got married 50 years ago uh yeah yeah, yeah there's that I think they knew each other for 83 days before they were married. I should put some about that. I, why yeah. can't I find any good 50-year ones? Yeah, what's wrong with people? Why don't they make fun of Because not too that? many people make it. I wonder how many people actually make it to 50 years. That would be oh, a good statistic to find. Oh, did you find one? No, no, no. That's about a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Not, it says snip, doesn't apply snip, anymore. <laughs> Too late for that. <laughs> snip, snip, hooray! Okay, here's here's the answer. According to one study by the Census Bureau, only six percent of married couples make it to their fiftieth anniversary. Six percent. Six percent. So, can we incorporate that into your cake? What is it called when they're the percent, like the 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 percenters of one uh, percenters? Like the six yes, percent the club. Top, they're they're part the of the top six percent club. And don't tell them what that is. Just put that That's on the cake. Fifty you, years. To, in my eyes, you're six percent. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and it, they'll think it's a negative thing when it's a good thing. Okay. Twenty-seven painfully honest cake messages. <laughs> um, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> One cake that says, I think we should see other people. <laughs> That's a good one for 50. I think you should see other people. <laughs> You're old and you have a small penis. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> one of these cakes is a BuzzFeed. Sorry, I slept with your mom. <laughs> All right, let's call it a day. Good luck with the cake. Uh, All right, you guys have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Bye. FirstNation.com. Bye. Bye, 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 everybody. Spade, neuter, geld. Play the music. <laughs> Hold on. I got to get the music. All right. We're going to be here tomorrow. What <laughs> says you? We hope you fail. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years. They're not failing. Nobody's given up at 50 years. Um, so uh, tomorrow is the Certified Horsemanship Association. 
training episode. And then later in the week, we have the fox hunting episode. Jamie, you're going to be here all week. It's Monday next week. You're off, right? Um, I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm at the movement. So, yep, that's right. Whatever you think. Yep, that sounds good. So we'll see you all this week. And then uh, everybody have a terrific week. All right. Considering it's Wednesday, right? So that's right. all good. It's not Friday. Two more, we forgot Two more days really till Friday. Ass. Figure it out.